Hello and welcome. I'm Debbie Georgiatis. Welcome to America Can We Talk. Today in my show, we'll talk about the moral insanity evident on the American left with Governor uh, Virginia Governor Northam, what Medicare for All means for America, really. President, if you don't know who won the, the Super Bowl yesterday, it was President Trump and the college crusade against Christianity and viewpoint diversity. Stay tuned. Debbie Georgiatis, host of America Can We Talk, is an author, attorney, and political analyst whose mission is to inspire the American political conversation about preserving liberty in the best country on earth. And welcome back to America Can We Talk. I'm Debbie Georgiatis. On Mondays, I do Deep Dive Monday. I try to go into one topic a little deeper than I can the rest of the week, and today is going to be the what the American left means by Medicare for All. That's coming up next. In this first five, I just want to talk about if you ever need an example of the complete moral insanity of the American left, think about what criticism Virginia Governor Northam is now experiencing uh, as he faces increasing calls for him to resign. Let's back up and point out what he, first of all, tweeted out. You, you may rec- remember the story that uh, Virginia, Democrat uh, Governor um, Northam of Virginia, had a page in his uh, medical school yearbook in which there was a picture of him or a picture which was described to be him that was a one man was in a Ku Klux Klan outfit the other one was a, a Caucasian person who had painted themselves black and the two of them were standing next to each other on Northam's page in his medical school yearbook when this came to light after this democrat governor of virginia won the election by accusing his republican opponent of being a racist based on nothing but here we have northam now he's in hot water here's the first thing he did he responded to this uh outcry about how could he have this horribly racist uh picture and other pictures that were on his medical school yearbook i am deeply sorry for the decision i made to appear as i did in this photo and for the hurt that decision caused then and now so first he tweets out saying hey sorry about that you know really really bad and it is to be really clear i'm not dismissing it it is ugly i mean juvenile isn't even a kind enough term it's racist it's bigoted it's insensitive it's just plain stupid but this was on the the his medical school yearbook page his first answer is to apologize then he came up with what we have i believe we have a clip of him northam speaking essentially about how the uh on second thought now that i think about it let me let me tell you show what he had to say my picture i was not in that costume either uh as black-faced or as kkk uh, and it's it's not me okay so his defense is after tweeting out sorry about doing that his defense now is it's not really me. Well, you know, I'll leave it to the Democrats. They're going to sort it out. They've got every dem- prominent Democrat in America calling for him to resign. He's saying no way. And, you know, as a matter of fact, think about it. why should he? He'll never run for office. They can't make him. He has no political future in this country ever. So why not hang in there? He wants this job. He wants to be the governor of Virginia. He thinks he can do some good things. He's got protests outside his office, protests in the streets in Virginia. He has every senior uh, Democrat Party executive, uh, elected official, leader, saying this guy's got to go. He's an embarrassment. It's an outrage. It's horrible. He's saying it wasn't me, won't go. 
But I want to remind you what he said. We've talked about in the show um, several times recently, but what he had to say with respect to the Virginia law that was proposed allowing the killing of a full-term baby if a parent, if a mom decided literally on the day of delivery, on the due date, I've decided not to have this baby. Recall his testimony, his uh, remarks actually on media right here. The infant would be delivered. Uh, the infant would be kept comfortable. Uh, the infant would be resuscitated if, if that's what the uh, mother and the family desired. And then a discussion would ensue between the physicians and the mother. Okay, folks, I'm going to make my three points in this first five today. Number one, moral insanity is a perfect term to describe what the Democrat Party is showing you about itself. There was complete defense of him by Democrats throughout this country in this statement where he's essentially saying, you know, if a baby, a healthy baby, full-term baby is born alive, a discussion will ensue, obviously implying if the mother decides, yeah, I wish I had aborted, that they will end that baby's life. He took so much criticism from Republicans, but the Democrats stood with him when he said that. But somehow that was not offensive enough, but a picture from a medical school yearbook was, is so offensive as to have the left in a dither demanding his resignation. So if the baby he's describing in this procedure, which he is saying is perfectly fine with him, to have a newborn healthy baby alive and breathing, kept comfortable until the mother decides, along with the doctor, whether or not she wants that baby to get to live or not. If that baby were a black baby, what the left would be saying, which obviously he means any baby, this is permissible for any baby, any mother, the left is saying, now if you kill a newborn healthy black baby, fine with us, but you put up an offensive picture in your medical school yearbook, you know, 24, 34 years ago, whatever the number is, that's an outrage, that they can't stand. True moral insanity. Second point, this guy caught so much flack over this this uh, testimony you were just watching, his, or that wasn't testimony, it was answers in an interview, caught so much flack over it. I think he really kind of tipped the hand of the Democrats because the truth is all along in the abortion battle, all along the abortion battle, there's been the argument that they really only support abortion. You know, the pro-choice is only supported for a very early term. It's pretty much a cluster of cells. We're not talking about real babies here. But actually, what he's telling you and what the Democrat a member of the Virginia, the delegate from Virginia who proposed the bill, uh, legislator Tran, what they're saying is, no, we, we meant any stage. Any stage, fine with us. And baby being born and then mom changes her mind, fine with us. You can end that baby's life. These people are tipping their hand. They do not have the respect for life. Third point and final point. I want to remind you of something. Back when, uh, I think it was a 2018 March for Life, when President Trump gave a speech and he used the language in a speech on in the March for Life in 2018, and he actually said this in a debate with Hillary Clinton in the 2016 primary, where he said essentially, imagine the evil, I'm paraphrasing, but imagine the evil of ripping a full-term baby from the mother's womb 
uh, in, in calling it an abortion or defending it uh, based on the woman's right to an abortion. And so many people mocked President Trump. Hillary Clinton mocked him. The media went crazy. That's an outrage. Trump is showing his ignorance. Of course, it would never happen. A full-term baby, uh, an abortion with a full-term baby. No way. Never, 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 never. But now that's what we're, it's a year later or you know, two and a half years later after Trump's debates with Hillary in the 2016 primary or in the campaign, that's what we're talking about. I'm telling you folks, the moral insanity of the American left is on full display for the American people to see. More upset about an offensive, ugly, racist photo in a yearbook than about the killing of innocent life. True moral insanity. I'm Debbie George Jazz. This is America Can We Talk in our Deep Dive Monday. We come back right after this very brief break. We're going to talk about what the Democrats mean when they say Medicare for all. Stay tuned. And welcome back to America. Can we talk? Hey, one more point I want to make about that first five. There's a doctor in Nebraska, Kentucky, somewhere. I've forgotten where he's from. But a doctor who's been very, very active on Twitter saying essentially that, in fact, I I can tell you the doctor's name, Omar Hamad. I'm going to tell you his name. Yeah, Omar Hamada of Tennessee. And he has been very, very active on Twitter essentially saying there is no reason, there's no reason, no medical indication, no medical necessity for a baby at the point of full, uh, point of being ready to be delivered, no reason from protecting the baby's health or the mother's health to perform an abortion. And this is what's really putting the squeeze to the American left, this concept that there is this is not medically necessary. This is not emer- in some emergency basis. This is pure infanticide. This is pure deciding that some lives can be ended because the mom changed her mind. And this is rightfully causing many people in America to speak up and say, wait a minute, we didn't mean this far. We did not, no one planned, no one anticipated, no one's okay with what the left is wanting to do on this. But I want to turn, and actually, you know something? There's a really common thread. I was thinking about driving to the studio today. There's a common thread in several stories I want to talk about today. The American left has worked very hard in this country to undermine the place of religion, the place of God in our society, the place of religion in the founding of America, the place of religious values in shaping our culture, our country, our laws, our identity, what we believe in. And this... This example we were just talking about a moment ago of just having the the idea that a newborn baby, healthy newborn baby, the governor of one of the 50 states in this country sitting on national television saying, yeah, you know, the baby's born, you keep him comfortable, the doctor and the mother can decide whether or not they're going to kill him. And, and uh, honestly, this is if you want to understand the impact of long-term moral, spiritual bankruptcy of the American left, that he got so many people on the left defending him, agreeing with him and saying, well, that's right. Hey, man, you know, so it goes. Well, I'm going to take that thinking. I'm going to mention it several times throughout the show today. That's really, you start to see the American left more in the bigger picture for who they are and what they stand for in this country. 
but I do want to talk about the Medicare for All thing. Let me start by saying that this Medicare for All idea is essentially, if you don't know that term, it's what the left is calling their socialized medicine plan. Medicare for All is a term Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, other socialists on the American left are calling their, their plan to basically take over the entire U.S. healthcare system. I cannot cover all the points I want to make about this today, but I'm going to make just a few, starting with Kamala Harris. She is a United States senator from the state of California. She's recently announced she is running for president in 2020 in the Democrat ticket. So she's she's joining the crowd, and I think it's up to 12, 15. It's a bunch of people now declaring they're running, but she's in the mix. Kamala Harris was interviewed, uh, and she got caught up in the interview because she actually was acknowledging what she thinks about your right to actually purchase your health insurance of your choice. Here's Kamala Harris. You support uh, the Medicare for All bill. I think initially, Correct. I believe it will totally eliminate private insurance. Um, so for people out there who like their insurance, well, they don't get to keep it? Well, listen, the idea is that everyone gets access to medical care. And you don't have to go through the process of going through an insurance company, having them give you approval, going through the paperwork, all of the delay that may require. Who of us has, has not had that situation where you've got to wait for approval and the doctor says, well, I don't know if your, your insurance company is going to cover this? Let's eliminate all of that. Let's move on. Okay, i got to tell you. Kamala Harris. Now, she has been considered by some the front runner on the Democrat side for president 2020 uh, because she, she's actually very pretty. She's African-American. She has a lot of boxes you can check. She's a woman. She's very articulate. But she just told you what I'm about to tell you. The American left wants complete control of the healthcare system. They are selling you socialism through the vehicle of claiming compassion. Uh, their compassion for the poor, compassion for people with uh, conditions that may be hard to get insured. They are selling you socialism, which is selling you slavery with the idea that you'll buy into it because you'll feel either that you'll believe them when they tell you that there's no, no problem, everything will be the same, you'll have better care, great insurance, great health care, great doctors, great experts. They're selling you socialism, asking you to surrender your freedom surrender your health care freedom. Now, she walked this back. She made that statement, and then her, and she didn't actually, but she had a staffer come out and say to the press, well, you know, she didn't really mean necessarily we'd eliminate all private health insurance in this country. She's, she'd be open to proposals that permitted private insurance to, to prosper, to, to exist in America. She made the same mistake that Virginia's Governor Northam did when he did his little interview where he told people, yeah, yeah, we're into killing live healthy babies. We support that. She made the mistake of saying and admitting essentially the Democrats do not want to permit the private sector to flourish in the arena of health care. They do not want you to be able to buy the health insurance of your choice. They do not want doctors to be able to They do not want you to be able to choose your doctor and head to where you want to go to get the care you want. They don't want insurance companies to function in this country to be able to create policies policies that you can review, assess, compare, look at different insurance companies, see what they're offering, see what you can afford, see what the what is covering. They want this one size fits all Medicare for all. They just mean socialized medicine. 
Now, I'm going to tell you, read more and more articles about this because the left is determined to convince you that the healthcare system in Canada and the healthcare system in England are way, way better than what we have here in America. They're trying to convince you that socialized medicine is a step of progress. That is the goal. They want to get you to think that you'll lose nothing of the extraordinary American healthcare system, best healthcare system on earth, by surrendering your healthcare freedom and letting them take over the healthcare system. I will hit this story over and over and over this year as we watch the Democrats in the U.S. House march through the mission to destroy your health care freedom. I want to hit just a couple points today, a couple in this deep dive Monday. One is you will hear more and more people say health care is a right. I want to explain to you why it's not a right, and I want you to just be encouraged get comfortable, be willing to spread this around. Tell your friends and say, well, healthcare is a right. I mean, everybody has to have healthcare, so it's a right. It's not a right. Nothing that costs money can be a right. Healthcare costs money to produce. Somebody has to go to nursing school, go to medical school, pay the tuition for medical school. Somebody has to buy the hospitals, the, the, someone has to develop the medications, develop the institutions, develop the businesses. Somebody has to pay for the massive structure that is all behind supporting our healthcare system. Somebody has to go to medical school and, 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 and get encumbered with massive debt in order to go to, to graduate and become a doctor. Healthcare costs money to provide. Healthcare is a need just like food is a need and shelter is a need and clothing is a need, healthcare falls in the same category as need of things like food and shelter and clothing. The fact that you need it does not make it a right that other people have to give it to you for free. We don't have a right in this country to free food provided by our fellow Americans I mean, we have a welfare system, which is a different point. We'll get to it in a moment. You don't have a, a right to the things you need to be given to you for free, whether it's food, housing, health care, clothing, all the basic needs of life. You don't have a right to force other people to give it to you for free. What things that are rights are things that don't cost money. Things like the right, a God-given right to live in freedom, to speak freely, your right to free speech, freedom of religion, freedom of the press. Frankly, your right to own a gun is an extension of your right to defend yourself. The right against not having to incriminate yourself. All, all the rights we enumerate that are enumerated in the Bill of Rights uh, in the Constitution, these are things that are rights that allow you to live in freedom. Healthcare is not a right. It is a necessity. It is a personal responsibility. It is something each of us must seek and pursue. When the left tries to get you to think that healthcare is a right, they're telling you, you have the right to force your fellow citizens to work hard, to pay taxes, to send it to the government for you to get that. They're, for, they're saying that your fellow citizens have to work to give you what you give you your health care. Now we do have, obviously, for low-income Americans, people in need, we do provide food stamps, we provide housing assistance, we help people with their needs through our welfare systems, through our government assistance programs, but that does not change the those necessities of life into being rights. Healthcare is not a right. 
Free food is not a right. Free housing is not a right. It is not, healthcare is not a right. It's a necessity. It's a personal responsibility. It is something because we are a loving country that we will provide to people who are low income. We have in this country offered assistance in a variety of ways on for low income Americans, as I said, for food assistance, for housing assistance, and we provide it for healthcare. We have Medicaid, we have other systems that we put in place to help the truly needy. But we need to be really clear in our country and fight back against this argument that healthcare is a right. No, it is not. Secondarily, people have been arguing, well, okay, healthcare is not a right, but you know, it's kind of like we, put, we pool our money together to have police protection. We pool our money together through taxes to have fire departments come. And so we, they put out fires, police come to help us when we're facing danger. It's kind of like police and fire funding. No, it's not. The fire department only comes when your house is on fire. They put out the fire, they may do inspections ahead of time. They may help you if you need help getting a fire inspection or getting some kind of fire detection equipment or you know, getting new smoke alarms. And the police only come when you have a problem, when your house is being robbed or you have been the victim of a crime. We combine resources to pay for the police and to pay for the fire department because they answer us in time of need. Healthcare is not like that. Healthcare has a mile wide and 10,000 miles deep of discretion, of decisions people make that impact their need for it, of decisions people make about when to seek care. You all know the mother, you can remember the mother when you, your kids were in school who ran her kid to the doctor every time he had a hangnail. I do, probably most of you do. You have people who ran their kids to the doctor and themselves the doctor and their grandparents to the doctor all the time in situations where a lot of us would have said, you know, I think he's okay, you know, let him sleep on it. You, healthcare is not a definable house is on fire, must get care thing. It is full of discretion. It's also full of expenses incurred by the individual whose life habits is creating their need for healthcare. If you are a 60 year old, you know, 300 pound overweight, chain smoking alcoholic, you're gonna have more healthcare needs than the person who chooses to live a healthy life, not chain smoke, not engage in alcoholism, stay in shape, your healthcare needs are going to be less. There cannot be a system that ends up giving free healthcare to anyone who asks anytime without everyone having skin in the game everyone having personal responsibility, providing healthcare as a free, free benefit, similar to providing any, something else as a free benefit is, is a non-starting losing disastrous concept when you recognize that healthcare is in fact not, it is not a defined commodity. Did you get enough food to eat for today? Yes or no? Do you have a, a roof over your head tonight? Yes or no? Healthcare is something depend that you create your need for based on a lot of factors that is really not the fault of everyone else you indulge in. But the final thing about healthcare is and the reason is socialism is just such, such an amazingly dangerous step for America to be considering. I said this in the show before, but you have to recognize where the left is headed with this. Left-wingers in this country are always about taking away more of your freedom, taking more control of your life, 
always about putting more power in the hands of government and less power in the hands of the citizens. It's one thing to say we choose as a Judeo-Christian nation, as a nation who we love our fellow man, we want to try to help, so we're going to provide, you know, a assistance for people with pre-existing conditions or a chronic problem that can who often cannot purchase private insurance so we we create insurance pools we have legislative vehicles possible we have policy ideas that find a way to offer to people who have unique circumstances a method to getting health insurance we have that if we need to expand those revise them fine we should do that but the mission of the left is not just to be sure that we provide care for those unable, either physically or mentally unable to care for themselves, people who truly cannot afford to purchase health care or health insurance. The goal of the left and Medicare for all is to take away all of your health care freedom. Kamala Harris just told you that. Democrats in their most honest moments tell you that. They have no interest in permitting you to pursue your healthcare choices through your life. And there will, you will also see articles, I was mentioning you'll see articles throughout this year and onward as the Democrats march onward on their socialist takeover of America. You'll see articles arguing about healthcare as a right. Healthcare is just a community responsibility, kind of like police and fire. And you'll also be hearing the argument that healthcare can only be provided fairly by the government that somehow, why is it right that a rich person can afford to go to get five opinions on their health problem and a poor person cannot afford to get the care they need? First of all, the left grotesquely misrepresents and lies about the status, the quality of health care in this country. America had, before Obamacare came along, the best health care system on this planet. It's the country that the wealthy around the world come to because we have the best healthcare system on earth. We have, we have spent millions, in fact, I'm sure it's billions on Medicare and Medicaid, ways we provide healthcare to people as they reach a certain age in life, as if they're low income. We have, had, we have just a, a tremendously generous society that has provided healthcare for our poorest Americans, for those in need, and always will. And if those need revising, changing, altering, fine, let's do that. But when the Democrats tell you the only thing they can agree on the, the mission of Medicare, their mission, Medicare for All, is to take away your freedom to purchase a health insurance policy you want. They are saying they are engaged. They are socialists. They're selling socialism and guilting you into agreeing to it because you're supposed to feel upset or concerned or compassionate for somebody else. So because you're concerned about the poor, you should surrender your health care freedom. You should surrender your right to purchase health care insurance that you want. You should refuse to participate in the, uh, the health care system they are creating. You just have to know where the Democrats are headed with this. It was why Obamacare from the start was written in order to fail. Obamacare woven into the very fabric of the writing of Obamacare was the plan for it to fail was a plan for it to become uh, too expensive, too complex. And it did end up, as you likely know, it, it ended up where we had uh, many of the major health insurance companies pulling out of the exchanges because they can't, I mean, it, it's like you, you can't provide the health insurance coverage the government mandated on the amounts the government said you're allowed to charge. 
you just can't do it. Just mathematically didn't work. And so you end up with a mess with the health, private health insurance companies. You ended up having people forced to buy policies that had all sorts of coverage that they didn't need and didn't cover things they did need. You had people had who remained in some kind of private health care um, through an employer or any other means. You had them have their insurance premiums skyrocket. And when I say skyrocket, I mean, those terms sound abstract, but you know, real family, a real family who used to pay, you know, $350, $400 a month, and then they're paying 2000 a month. I mean, there were just, and you, you know, those numbers were not fantasy numbers. They're real people trying to make a budget work in their family, trying to provide a home and food on the table and a, a life for their family and their children driven to higher premiums because the government got in the middle of it. And if, if you think that I'm exaggerating about what the Democrats have in mind for you, I want to just tell you just one bill that the Democrats have already proposed, H.R. 676, which is House Resolution 676. And by the way, I always mention on my show, I will, by the end of today, have all the links to what the stories I'm talking about will be available on my website, americacanwetalk.org. You can read this yourself. But right in this bill, H.R. 676, in fact, I had a conversation with a former congressman over the weekend about this bill. One sentence, the Democrats' health care bill. It is unlawful for a private health insurer to sell health insurance coverage that duplicates the benefits provided under this act. Let me put that in plain English for you. This bill, right in the beginning of it, is saying if your employer provides health insurance and you like it, they can't provide that anymore under this new bill if that, because it, it is duplicative of what the government wants to provide for you under Medicare for All. They're saying no private health insurance. That's what the bill says. This is why the Democrats think no private health insurance allowed. And there are other provisions that can go on and on about it. I don't want to get too in the weeds, but if you read what, you, what they're planning on, they're not planning on having you have options and freedom. And, you know, I'll tell you something else about America and this whole issue about Medicare and Medicare for all. Even if you read, and you will read stories, by the way, you read stories that say, oh my gosh, I went to Canada for healthcare. I went to, or I grew up in England and there's nothing wrong with the healthcare system there. I love it. We all love it. First of all, plenty of stories to the contrary. Plenty of stories about, you know, basic care, Go to the emergency room because you broke your leg. Yeah, they'll take care of it quickly. Go to a specialist and say, or go to a doctor who says, you know, you need a specialist. You need an upper GI series done. You need this, you need that. And you get, sure, you know, you can get in with a specialist. And they give you the first available appointment about 18 months away. And by then, your disease, your problem, whatever your health problem is, has become greatly exacerbated. There are common stories like this. But the media... The Democrat media mob that is on the side of the left that is going to try to sell socialist, social, socialized medicine to America in this next year. Trust me, in this year, 2019, there'll be stories galore about how great socialized medicine is, how everyone loves it, how no one's suffering, how it's better, in fact, than freedom. This will be the Democrats' mission. Your mission, which you must accept, is to recognize that they are taking away your freedom. They are taking away your freedom, not just to purchase insurance, but to pursue an insurance company and, and have them create 25 different policy options. You go in, you decide what you want, what you do want, what you don't want. 
That's that's what America is supposed to be about. So even if it were true, which it is not, but even if it were true that Canada and England had just as great healthcare systems as America does, America is supposed to be based on freedom. It's supposed to be based on the freedom of the individual, not the coercion and control of the federal government. Democrats seeking tyrannical control of the healthcare system in this America, in, in America, is just one more step toward the socialist over the cliff loss of American freedom in our country's history. Why do you think when Obama came to power in 2008, he had two years when he had control of the federal government? The biggest issue everyone knows came out of that was Obamacare, which was their first step towards socialized medicine. It was never intended to work well. It was intended to be complex and floundering and clunky and cause people upset so that the Democrats could say, oh, let us step in and rescue. Don't worry, we'll take it all over. That's what the plan was, and that's what we're watching unfold in Washington today. Do not surrender to any of these lies by the American left. Your freedom is a huge part of freedom is falls under health care. Imagine the system, and I will tell you some of the other things that happen that when you what the Democrats are trying to do with health care is make it into a limited pie. You know the whole argument about how, you know, well it's a limited pie. And so if the, you know, if you're a 20-year-old healthy person, you know, you're more entitled or you're you have a higher, a better right, a stronger right to argue that you should have health care dollars spent on you than if you're a 75-year-old person who's lived a long life and now you have a healthcare problem, you see it happen in the Canadian system, you see it happen in the British system, that older citizens cannot get the care they want. And the reason is the government, by taking control of the healthcare system, has created a limited pie. And then their argument that says, well, you know, I mean, honestly, Joe, you're 75. You had a long life. I got all these people out in the line down here. They're 20 years old and they have health care problems, too. And it's just only fair and only better and right if we direct our resources toward the 20 year old. When the government controls the health care system and health insurance and the money that's spent in it, they have created the limited pie and given themselves the ability to make the argument you're not entitled to the health care you need. You really shouldn't be asking because after all, you're freaking 75 years old. You got to give it to a 20 year old. Do not let the government get control of the healthcare system in this country. And I'll tell you one last shot on this. I'm going to turn to one more story today, but one last shot on this is this. I know Republican congressmen, I've had meetings with them to talk about this, who are of the mindset, well, you know, I, I voted against Obamacare and I don't really like it, but now that it's here and people are starting to think, that health care should really more or less be controlled by the government, should be provided by the government, that, you know, there's a health, there's a thing out there that just a change in America's culture. And America's kind of okay with the idea of health care controlled by the government, provided by the government and regulated by the, and controlled by the government. People are okay with this. People aren't clamoring for health insurance policies to be offered in a wide variety of um options by private health insurers. The people aren't clamoring for it anymore. They're okay. They kind of want to give up their health care freedom. Okay. First of all, I'm telling you, I have had a major current 
elected Republican congressmen say that to me, that there's no reason to keep pushing to repeal Obamacare, no reason to keep on fussing for health care freedom, that the American people are kind of okay with letting it go. We're kind of okay with the government controlling the health care system. And I got to tell you the answer to that, and you better know the answer to that, and you better tell your 25 best friends every time this discussion comes up. Number one, leadership in Congress, in government, in the presidency requires more than taking the temperature of the American people and saying, well, I guess they're kind of becoming used to the healthcare system. I guess they're kind of, you know, they're kind of okay with government controlled healthcare. So, you know, who am I to rock the boat? Leadership requires recognizing foundational principles in this country, like the idea that we are founded as a free country with individual liberty and the freedom of the individual person and the individual insurance company and the individual doctor and the individual healthcare provider to come up with contracts they want. The answer, even if the culture is shifting toward dependency, weakness, and slovenly just dependence on the government for healthcare, the answer is to re-inspire people to embrace the idea of healthcare freedom. The answer is not to surrender to the culture the left has worked to create in this country to it, the left cultivates dependency. They fight for dependency. They want you to become more dependent. And then you are helpless, and then you are weak, and then they are in charge. That's how tyranny starts. Healthcare freedom is a massively important 20% of the American economy, one-sixth, whatever the number is. But even more than that, it is a personal, it is the most important personal ability you have to take care of yourself is your right to seek the health care you want under a system you want. And if you tell me that some government in Washington has a right to say, well, I know you live here in Texas, Debbie, and you have an insurance company down the road that wants to sell you a policy and you can afford the policy and you want to buy the policy, but we in Washington can tell you no. They are telling you that they get to control your health insurance and you have no right to say anything. Folks, it, there is a massive need for a, a leadership on this issue, for people in Congress, for people around the country to say, we want healthcare freedom. We reject the control, the idea of control over the healthcare system in this country in the hands of government. It is a, it is a, one of the stepping stones to tyranny. It is what every malicious, evil, left-wing, tyrannical leader in human history has pursued from Lenin to Stalin, Hitler, all of them. They understand the way to get the people into submission. A huge giant step is to take control of the healthcare system. Don't let that happen here. Okay, I have more to say about that, but I want to turn one more topic for today in this. And I know Matt, my happy producer, is sitting over there thinking, when is she gonna be, oh, he said, he didn't mean it. He said five minutes, but I want to turn uh, actually this last little segment and this kind of Debbie discuss this segment. Take a brief break. I'm going to go to the college crusade against Christianity. Stay tuned. And welcome back to America Can We Talk. You know, I said earlier in the show, I like theme, uh, I was thinking here in the way there was a theme to the show. If ever there was a theme to the show, to today's show, it's the idea of how much the left has benefited, the anti-American left has benefited from their relentless decades long argument that God has no place in America. That is the argument of the American left, that God 
religion, faith, living out your faith has no place in this modern post-secular, post-Christian, you know, view they try to paint of America. And it is very detrimental to America and it it is to be fought at every level. It is why we're discussing whether it's moral, whether we can't figure out whether it's moral that a newborn baby who's perfectly healthy could be killed because the mother wants to kill it. I mean, that's the actual discussion that Northam's taking the side, the, the Virginia governor taking the side. The people say, yeah, sure, ahead. go right ahead. That's what he's saying. But I want to hit two stories from college campuses to, uh, that really, um, you know, you talk about the shaping America's future. We have, of course, the education system, which does a, does a tremendous job um, in tremendous in a bad way, a, a consequential and impactful job shaping America's youth to not be tuned in, to not latch on, to not understand the importance and the place of Christian faith, of the Judeo-Christian ideas in the founding of America that frankly can't even say many good, th- many good things about America. They pretty much can't even think of any good things they think about America. So you get to the point where kids get through elementary school, high school, college, and they've had pounded into their heads the anti-American agenda, the anti-American message, the notion that religion doesn't really have a serious place in America. Come on, it's just kind of window dressing, kind of something you do on the weekend, but don't bother us with anything of consequence related to religion. So here's where we are, two stories of today's college campuses. One, Duke University, fabulous university, you know, great basketball team, great, uh, everyone loves Duke. I don't know if everyone loves them, but they're, anyway, we love their basketball team. But Duke, the university, I did not know this until the story came out, is actually affiliated with the Methodist Church, the Methodist Church of America. Duke University has, and there are actually 93 Methodist affiliated colleges and universities in the country. Duke has taken, as of the new year, signed on a petition calling on the Methodist Church to embrace the LGBTQ inclusivity within their church. They want an answer. Duke is asking for an answer from the Methodist Church. Will you embrace LGBTQ inclusivity within their church? They, they go on to say that they, Duke, are claiming that part of, the, is part of accepting the LGBTQ agenda should be based on the fact that churches core religious and humanistic values are that all persons are of sacred worth and equal standing. And this was signed by every attending member of the National Association of Schools and Colleges of United Methodist Church. I'm going to just put a big comma there. Or actually a period. (laughs) The absurdity of a country founded on religious freedom that the Methodist Church, what Whatever their opinion, whatever your opinion is of the Methodist Church, of any other church, of the scriptures, of Judeo-Christian ideas. This is a university, a college, telling the Methodist Church how they must interpret scripture. This is replacing the primacy of the church. And I'm, I'm not Methodist. I'm not particularly defending the Methodists. I'm just, and whatever any other faith should teach. But the idea of a religion is that it is there to spread the word of God, to spread truth, to speak truth, to tell you what the Bible says, to explain the Bible's values and teachings. But the Methodist church is being told by a university that its values, its secular LGBTQ inclusivity, you know, values must trump truth, 
must trump what the Methodist Church thinks truth is. And so I don't know how they respond. And I, this is happening in schools all around the country. But the, I want to just plant this. You will be talking about this a lot more over the year, but the, uh, this year. But the idea that a university thinks it can substitute its values on any question for what the Bible says and tell a church, you have to believe what we tell you about LGBTQ issues or whatever other issues there are, because our personal, secular, human opinion is more important and more right and worthy of respect than your understanding of the scriptures. Truly astonishing, truly a marker, an indicator of how far the American left has come in trying to drive the idea out of American society that God exists and that truth exists and that churches are here to teach truth about the Bible. Second story, even though I know Mr. Maskin tried to tell you, you already told me five minutes, and that was maybe four, five minutes ago, but one more quick story on this topic. So Brandeis University, is at Brandeis University, I think is in New York, and it is a, um, I think it's traditionally Jewish, or it has attracted, in fact, I do remember reading this, Brandeis University was founded when there was uh, more discrimination in America against Jewish students, and so it was a, a place of very high caliber, very high, you know, academic standards, university attracting largely Jewish students, although it's very open, anyone can go there. So Brandeis University has a social justice week. So you're, you're probably already in trouble, but Brandeis University has a social justice week in which they have among the events, they have an event. What is social justice consciously exploring oppression, power, and privilege in our communities? One particular event is called rights, not rescue, colon, a workshop and panel on sex worker workers' rights, described as a workshop where participants will learn to confront the stigma surrounding sex work, how to advocate for sex workers on and off campus, and about why it is important to center sex worker voices in the debate surrounding their rights and profession. You know, I used to do volunteer for this fabulous thing here in Dallas. It was prostitute diversion. And I volunteered to help young women who were caught up in prostitution and help them learn. They, you know, give them, they gave them just, just extraordinary care and counseling and, you know, got them back to health because many of them are addicted to drugs and alcohol and have other health problems and gave them a, me a sense of meaning and purpose and hope and direction and a new way to go forward in life. And I learned the stories about these women, how they got into prostitution and it's largely due to having an abusive childhood where they were just trying to come out of that and, and they had a confused path out of that, that life. So we've come to the point in this country where a major university, instead of talking instead of talking about what, how to help these people, they are mocking the idea of helping them. Instead of helping people out of prostitution, they're somehow, because we have lost the idea of moral values, of God-derived values, we think the highest idea is to simply help them, except their, help them in their sex worker chosen profession. They're not chosen profession. These people are victims. They need help, and we need the moral clarity to call it out, to reject this idiocy on America's college campuses. Talk about moral lunacy in the American left. There's another great picture. Okay, now I'm really out of time. I most obviously love 
talking to you every day on America Can We Talk. I do this from RNPR Studios, RNCN Network. Love doing it. That's my today uh, show for today. Thank you to Matt, my producer, who is wonderful. Uh, please, if you're watching on Facebook, like this page, review this page, share the segments of the show with your friends. Follow me on Twitter at Debbie Can We Talk. Subscribe on YouTube. I'm getting tons of comments. I love the comments. I try to reply. Can't reply to all of them. You can email me at americacanwetalk at gmail.com. Later today, at that say, you can go to americacanwetalk.org. You can see the links to all the stories I've talked about today. And if you like what you're hearing and you want to help me spread this truth to more people about America, please consider donating at America Can We Talk. There's a donate button at the americacanwetalk.org homepage. Would love your help. But most importantly, speak up for America. Thank you for listening to America Can We Talk, where I always speak truth about America because America matters. Talk to you next time. America, can we talk truth about America? Destination for premium talk radio.